Empanada! This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Ward, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. All right, final hour for us here on Brock and Salksdale Sports on 710. A lot of good texts coming in here on the uh, on the trade deadline stuff. We'll get back into that in about a half hour at 930 before we end the day with some ranked. Before we do it, though, Mora has put together another fun game. This one, uh, I think uh, we may end up being the butt of the joke. Yeah, no, you can bring the music. That's fine. This <laughs> we'll is see if it's fun. This is called Who Said What? Who yeah. Said What? Who Said What? Who Said What? What? More Who was talking about you? Yes, exactly. Where's the mute? We need the music. Who said more what? Explain it, and, oh. then, and, then we'll, and then we'll start. That. Yeah. Well, I went. I went back uh, to last year and wanted to, you know, see some of the things that we were talking about around this time, heading into training camp, and mm. with the Mariners heading into the trade deadline. And so some mm. of it's funny. Some of it's just a, a look at what we were discussing. But I'm going to give you like a little quote, and okay. then you guys have to guess who said it out of the four of us. Who said it a year ago? Mm-hmm. Okay. Maura, who sings a song? <laughs> Brock, who sings a song? Wow. <laughs> My dad. Oh, good. Likes them. I was just making a statement. And like, he used to like to make the joke. Oh, yeah. Who sings the song? Yeah. Who's up first? Anyways. <laughs> All right. This uh, was discussing the Mariners trade deadline last year. Okay. Who said good teams do the right thing when it matters? Ooh. Good teams. Do the right thing when it matters. Salk said that. That's Brock. Salk said it. I think that's a Brock Justin? thing. I think that's what Salk said. That sounds like Brock to me. You guys ready? That's why they're a good team, right? And now we've got six days to see if they can elevate a little bit more to a great team. But good teams do the right things when it matters. Thank you. They don't make it- errors. They don't make stupid mistakes. They slow the game down. They they get the runner over, Fraser, right? They do the little things right. Wow. Thank Frazier. you. That is brilliant right there. <laughs> but you don't remember saying it? No. I don't remember you saying it either, but I know what sounds like you. That's not something I would say. I would never say that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Should have just known by, right right. by sentence structure. Right, exactly. That's not yeah. the way I talk. That's not the way you talk. Yeah. All right. What's next? All right. We were talking about um, the... <laughs> This feels like when they bring criminals in and they're like, hey, repeat the phrase that the, the witness heard. Uh, discussing Chris Carson not being able to play anymore due to his neck issue. Uh, who said, I'd rather tackle Chris Carson than a snake terrarium? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like me. Oh, wait, hold on. That actually sounds like Mora. I'm guessing Mora said that. Then a, then a what? Mora, as much as I hate a snakes, Mora snake absolutely hates snakes. She's 100% out on anything that slithers. I'm going to go Mora. That's yeah, Mora. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might as well say that too. Yeah, I can't imagine any of you guys saying that. Oh, I could say one that. on your list yeah. here that I'm sorry. I'm just going to have to disagree with. Could be me. I'd rather tackle Chris Carson than a snake terrarium. I don't know. I don't entirely <laughs> yeah. know what a snake terrarium is. Oh, thank you. But I'd I feel rather better. tackle Chris Carson. I sure didn't know. I'm like, man, a snake is a snake is a, a rattlesnake or right. a python. But you start getting into all the other names. That on, could man. be a trick question because Justin mm. came up with a list of things he'd rather right. do than tackle Chris oh. Carson. And you were reading from his list. Now I remember that. I do remember that. <laughs> Okay, so Maura, you could have said that. Maura definitely could have said that. 
So I would have accepted Salk or Justin, but no, mm. but not Mora. No, mm. darn it. Mm. <laughs> All right, this was Still on, um, remember when Russell Wilson showed up to training camp in his own jersey <laughs> and with a tank, basically, as the vehicle that he arrived in? Mm. Um, who said that truck made him look like Tim Kirkjian? Oh, that's Brock. <laughs> that has that's to be. Only Brock. Brock would make a comment about the guy's height. Oh, yeah. Play it. it. It looks like he's got, like, the souped-up truck from Back to the Future. Oh. No, no, no. No, that <laughs> looks like that, Mad man? Max. That looks like an apocalyptic <laughs> truck. And I don't know how he gets in it. You think he's it. got the Doof Warrior on there I don't know doing how his he gets, guitar thing? I don't know how he gets in it. I didn't see any lifts or, you know, little step-ups. That thing oh. was... You think he's not tall enough to get in I, I mean, that thing was... <laughs> that truck made him look like Tim Christian. Okay. <laughs> After the Jeff Pass and Tim Kirchin, uh Chris Berman yeah, photo, where Chris Berman looked like Andre the Giant next to them. Yeah. This is very similar to when Brock and I had to answer as each other. What was that game called? Mm-hmm. Uh, Trading places. Trading yeah, places. Yeah. I like that. We should do that again. <laughs> this has some of the same, the same vibe. It's a very like. It's very right. like. Uh, what's the What's the game where the people are the uh, the the married game? What is that thing called? Newlyweds. The newlyweds. Yeah. Game. Yes. yes. This is sort of like the newlyweds. Yeah. All right. This one I'm really not going to give you any hints on because I think it would give it away. But it was a fun moment last okay. year, so I'm just going to say what was in it. What one of the things that was in it? You ha- you just have to take a wild guess. I'm going to bring it on home and make sense now. Mm. Justin Brock. Justin. I'm going Justin. All right. Just because he hasn't been said yet. Correct. <laughs> this is a pointing at a blue oh, man's pocket. No. Smiling eyes written out of the sockets. And I'm going to bring it all home and make it make sense now. You ready? Yeah. Got a devil's haircut <laughs> in my mind. Got a devil's haircut. Yeah. In okay. My uh, mind. Justin had just cut off. 18 inches yes. of hair and yeah. showed up late that day. So yes. Salk made him sing. Yep. Yeah. So I sang devil's haircut. Yep. You yep. overslept. You showed yep. up late. You had to yep. sing. There you go. <laughs> Fair rule. Nailed it. Wow. Yep. What a We're pull. doing pretty well on this. We've only missed one or I've only missed one. Yep. Dang. Brock's missed two. <laughs> Thanks. Did Maura put any of herself in here? This feels mm-hmm. rigged. Now. I can't so believe the not. snake terrarium thing wasn't Maura. I'm still shocked about <laughs> that. I still think you're lying in some way. I think you've doctored the tape. <laughs> Maybe. All right. On the Cardinals placing a, cl- a clause in Kyler Murray's contract Salt. that he has to study. The best quarterbacks love the game enough that they're studying on their own. Oh. Oh, that that could have been any of us. Everybody yeah. thinks that. That's Brock. How hard is it to find a franchise quarterback? Very. How hard? Uh, the hardest job in sports. Seriously. And it is as important as anything. Mm-hmm. You've got a guy on your team that might be a franchise quarterback, certainly based on what he's capable of doing on the field athletically. But you're worried about his prep. You're worried about his ability to prepare for every game. If this works, haven't you achieved what you're looking for? If you have to bribe your quarterback, man, I don't think it's going to work out. What if it does work out? The best quarterbacks love the game enough that they're doing that study on their own. You can't force them. Yeah, that's true. You yes. said any of us would say that, but that you said the opposite. No, I said, yeah, that's true. I said it at the end. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, I agree Maura. with you. Way to go, Mora. Mora bringing that oh. heat. Good call. All right. Uh, let's see. We got one last one here. Who said, would you trade the fun and excitement of last week, which this was referring to the home run derby, mm-hmm. for Julio being in all three games and helping you win the Astros series? Oh, that's that's got me written all over it. <laughs> Yep. 
That's yeah. got me written all over it. Mm-hmm. Did you trade the, the 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 fun of excitement of last week for Julio being in all three games and maybe helping them win? Yeah. 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 A sweep of the Astros? Yeah. It's a whole lot better than being swept by them. The goal here isn't to have Julio Rodriguez make some fans around the country. It's to make the damn playoffs and to win the damn World Series. What? So, yeah, oh, yeah. Matt, yes. I'm Don't yelling play at that everybody. cursing sound. You dropped a double D. <laughs> wow. It's, you know, Brock, you always say I curse or say something I'm not supposed to say, something uh-huh. inappropriate as soon as we have kids in the building. Yep. I, this one's not my fault. I didn't know that was coming. I didn't play it. That's Mora making me look bad as usual. Unbelievable. <laughs> Way to go. Ooh, I like That's that good. game. Yeah, Fun I game. Like I do like that. Fun yeah. game. Mora is, I got to tell you. We've had a lot. We've had good luck with game shows and stuff mm-hmm. like that over the course of our, our mm-hmm. 15 years or whatever it is together. Wassel came in when he first got here. That was kind of his thing is creating game shows. And we had a lot of fun with the match game and some yep. other stuff with Tom. But I think Mora might take the crown for this. Her yeah. ability to design games yeah. is off the charts. This is your calling. <laughs> yep. That's like Thank the you. fifth awesome. We've got Who's Shoes, which is really fun, and mm-hmm. it's got a great name. We've got Trading Places. Now we can add in Who Said What. I love it. Does great this job. content come with your blanket on, petting your cat? Like, when? How do you <laughs> create your cat? Your, your I'm not a cat water. lady. You suddenly have a cat? <laughs> what? <laughs> I just wanted that reaction. That's all I wanted right there. That's going to be on who said what next year. Uh, it's going to be Maura who said did this content come? If we've learned anything, Maura keeps receipts, Brock. I wouldn't be doing that. Seriously, that's going to come back to bite you one day. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. I'll tell you one thing about these Mariners. They have managed to stack up some really brutal losses over the course of the year. They've played so many close games, and it has led to, unfortunately, way too many close losses. Extra innings has been a disaster for them this year. They're 4-9 and nine in extras, 13-19 and 19 in one-run games. You know what's weird about this team? In blowouts, games defined as five-plus run differential, they're 18-14. and 14. I don't even remember them winning 18 games where they scored five runs, let alone one by more than five. But somehow that's been the case. Last night was almost unbelievable. It could have been one of the signature wins of the year after this guy came in for a pinch hit home run late. The next pitch to Juan. Swing and a fly ball. It's on its way. It's out to right field and gone. said how in the world about a major league baseball player hitting a home run mm-hmm. <laughs> so funny <laughs> well he watched the previous 99 games he must he have. hit yeah. one one home run this entire season the only thing that would have made that more inexplicable is if it would have been that creature that comes in throwing 104 yeah by the way that's another frustrating thing about last uh, night yeah. is they didn't even bring in duran in the night correct i mean he must have he was off because he was in the day a couple days before that right. and Closing situations, and oh my gosh. For the 22nd time, these Mariners fall back to 500, and 
Well, I don't know. For about the 80th time, Scott Service had to address situational hitting after the game because, once again, in extras, they just can't do anything. Here's the skip post game. You know, Lopez is out there. We saw him at our place. Uh, you know, he's has ups and downs this year. He's got a good sinker, but, you know, our situational hitting again. They try to get that first guy over to third. But, you know, in that situation, that's the middle of our lineup. You know, those guys are the guys that we lean on to come through, and, you know, Lopez made pitches. That's two, three, and four in your lineup. I mean, that, that, that is the heart of your lineup, and you can't even advance the runner. You can't pressurize that pitcher at all, well, like the Twins did in the bottom of the 10th, and they get a little flair to win it, and the Mariners again right back to 50 and 50. Just been unbelievable. They waste a really good outing from Luis Castillo. The standings certainly say they're still alive. You heard it from Jason Churchill. He would like to see them buy players like Teoscar Hernandez, Paul Seawald are going to have some value in a trade market. We'll see whether or not they choose to go in that direction. Here's the second thing you need to know. Seahawks report tomorrow. We all know that Nuchena Nuoso is going to be pretty darn happy. He just signed a three-year extension worth somewhere between 45 and $59 million, depending on how he plays. He really is sort of the one known quantity. I played you the sound earlier of Pete Carroll saying that Hall and Mafe and Nuosu and Taylor are all kind of similar in their own ways. That's true. Mm-hmm. But Nuosu seems like he's got two edges over those other guys. Well, three. One, he's a veteran. He's kind of been there and done it a little bit longer. Two, he is more versatile than any of those guys are. And three, he's just been flat out more productive. Yes. Yeah, he's just a, a total pro. Those, those other guys are young, trying to find their way. There's been some inconsistencies, I think, with Daryl Taylor there. And remarkably, he's only 26. I mean, he's got all of this background. He's got the years at USC. He yeah, he's got the years with the Chargers. He had last season here. He is still just 26 years of age. Some of his best football ahead of him. This fits, man. This fits exactly into the DNA of the kind of deal these Seahawks like to do. Love to lock up guys, 26-27. Love to get him extended and wrap that deal into his current and final year of the contract. Makes it more cap-friendly. And, oh, by the way, gives him that cap space to sign Witherspoon. And who knows, maybe a defensive lineman along the way over the next couple weeks. Here's the third thing you need to know. There's going to be some frustrated players on the Seahawks uh, as the top 100 NFL players are being named uh, 10 at a time by NFL Network. Well, the Seahawks had three that just missed. 110, Quandre Diggs. 102, Jordan Brooks. And 101, DK Metcalf, the last one stings. That does feel low for DK. He was the only one, remember, in in a little different poll with executives. This has a lot of players voting. That was one of the top ten at his position, that being the wide receiver position. But, yeah, that's going to put a bigger chip on all those guys' shoulders. It's going to play. Once again, if this season's playing into some of the old rewind machine of going into a year, people doubting you, skeptics still out there, Gino really not getting a lot of respect, Quandre not getting his due, that kind of is the way that Pete tends to like it heading into a season. You've got a lot of players that will be pretty motivated to change that narrative. That is everything you need to know. We do a quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk Show. Um, I, got, I got an absurd question for you. Okay. I've, been, I've been sitting on this. Well, why don't you hit me with For it? two hours and 21 minutes. And, and an absurd it, question. Yeah, I mean, I, it's going to come out of my mouth, and you're going to say that's maybe one of the stupidest things you've ever said. But I might as well just say it now. Because I thought about it yesterday, again, in the struggles and the extra innings and the situational hitting. Again, Julio is up in the 10th. And you're hoping, hey, man, just hit that home run. Hit one in the gap. At least score the run. You know, just come on. After after the night before and the struggle there with, with mm-hmm. the runners at second and third and one out. And we 
you know, relate all the numbers. It's It's been the struggle bus all season long. And I said yesterday, I mean, can you think about moving him down? And he can't. There's no one else to move down, right? You can't do any of that. But what if to send a message, to really hammer home a point, if the struggle is chase, if the struggle is approach, what if you were to pinch hit for him? <laughs> I, I mean, what if the next time you're in that situation, there's runners on second and third and there's one out, and you were to pinch hit Mike Ford or, you know, so Tom I mean, Murphy. For the record, some, you didn't, I don't think you had anybody left on your bench yesterday. No, 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 no. This hit. wasn't, no, exactly. This wasn't yesterday. But I'm saying like the next situation, if you really want, you can't move him down. He's going to be here. But just trying to think of how in the world do you rattle the cage of this situational hitting and awareness and not swinging out of your shoes and just, you know, trying to. Could there be any stronger? And, and I know that comes with great pitfall. God, I love you, man. And I, I love your thinking. It's not the stupidest thing it's pretty, you've ever said. It, no, it's pretty stupid. But it's pretty close. I mean, you can't do it. I know you can't. I, I like that. I like the. I understand the thought process behind it, and I know what you're trying to get at. And if it was like a brainstorming session, uh-huh. I think it would be one of those ideas you throw out and say, "Well, obviously, we're not going to do that. But Correct. what else could we do that would have the same effect?" Correct. I think there is something to that. There is something to a wake up call. You're not going to pinch hit for Julio Rodriguez in the ninth inning of a game. You're just not. Not after you paid him what you paid him. Not right. after you've done for him what you've done. And not with all the talent he has. Okay, so if that's the brainstorming. You you're not going to do that. Agreed. I totally agree. And that's why I said it was absurd. But if that is, and I like the way you frame that, if that is the brainstorming session, then what is then the answer? What is then the answer to this situational struggles? What is then the answer to these one-run losses? What is then the answer to these extra innings? Because if you listen to Jason Churchill and, and you're in that camp that wants to buy, 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 because you believe there is still enough in this roster and with this pitching that if you just fix that piece of kryptonite that has crippled you all season long and you just fix that, you can move along. How do you do it? How do you do it? Do you do it by buying? Do you do it by adding? How does, how does buying help Julio come up with a hit in the clutch? You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. It's interesting, Brock, in a poll yesterday, a little Twitter poll. Maybe it's an X poll. I don't know. Uh, the most common response from fans was that the Mariners should sell. Mm-hmm. I asked what they should do, buy, sell, buy and sell, or do nothing. All of them received at least 15% of the votes, which was surprising to me. I answered but, buy and sell, by the way. You did? I did. Interesting, because today you've been, you've well, it's been on the take, buy train. It's going to take some, as Jason Churchill said, some of those side deals of, okay. of your active major league roster, I think, to So it's to, funny, as you and I are essentially arguing, even though we agree, because I also right. think they should buy and sell at the same time. And it's more just about the method in which they're going about trying to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, My concern has everything to do with the first, third base, second base, right? Like, how are the you future. going to, Yeah, the future. The future. Now, I'm, I think you're buying for the next few years. Because you're and by the way, if you just take your myopic glasses off of the Mariners and you actually look around, you've seen the Orioles. You know what they did? They rebuilt. And they're a really good club right now. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty deep. And, and they're not perfect. And no team is perfect. But, man, do they have an inordinate supply of young offensive bats that you don't have. Right? I mean, and they've got that in their system, which is one of the top systems, on top of a major league product. So 
they went about rebuilding and they're finding a bunch of success. Houston isn't going anywhere. And in fact, just two games back at Texas and they'll play in the next two nights at home. They beat them both nights and they're going to be right there atop the, the West, even without Altuve and without Brantley and without McCullers. Yeah, Chaz McCormick dude is now like the best player that, in baseball. That's right. And oh, by the way, the Rangers are six and a half up on you and have spent and, and do have a, a pretty deep lineup and, and doing some, I mean, so it's just, this league around you in the American League is got yeah, you, some teams. You, you, you've got to do some longer term thinking for me. That's why I don't entirely agree with what Jason was saying. He's buying because he doesn't given up on 23. I haven't given up on 23, but I'm not throwing resources at 23. I'm throwing my resources out. What can make me best in 24 and 25? And if 23 comes along for the ride, that's great. I guess that's sort of how I would phrase it. Okay. Where I where I was struggling to understand Jason's point was that he said um, if you were to just add a couple of hitters at the end of this lineup, it would help the other guys near the top of it. And I, I just don't know that I understand entirely how that works. Maybe I guess the argument is that just more traffic ends up helping the team. Yep. You put a pitcher in a worse spot more often. I guess I can kind of understand that in general, but I, I think the real conversation here is about the guys that you have just That's doing right. their job. That's right. Yes, Mark Canna would make your team slightly better, but I don't know that acquiring Mark Canna helps Julio Rodriguez come up with a hit in the ninth or tenth inning. He's was, had men on base. He's put the pitcher in a bad spot. Yeah. Having Mark Canna on your team isn't going to help that you know, go any better. He just needs to deliver and do the right thing. Yeah, that was an easier narrative to, I think, swallow maybe in April and May when you know, Pollock and Wong and the DH and all of that stuff at the bottom of the lineup was such an unbelievable anchor that you thought, well, I mean, these guys are just trying to do too much. I mean, Teo's trying to do too much. Julio's trying to swing out of his shoes. They're just trying to do too much. And they've got to carry more of that load because it was so, so bad at the bottom of the lineup. But that's not been necessarily the case in, in June and July. Mm. And certainly JP was so good at the bottom of the lineup that now he leads off this lineup and tries to set the table for a Teo that has still been woefully inconsistent, for a Julio that's taken a, a significant step back from a year ago and adds Suarez to that camp as well. So, yeah, I I, I tend to... Agree, yet right out of the other side of my mouth, I argue and say, but hold on a second. Just give me league average professional at-bats, right, in in there. Just give me, instead of Colton Wong and A.J. Pollock, give me Mark Canna and give me Jonathan India and give me just league average yeah, guys. I, I think that's the difference. I think this is – it's interesting. You and I have sort of getting to the same conclusion for different reasons. Your frustration more than anything has been with the bottom of the lineup and the guys that haven't produced there. My frustration has been with the top of the lineup and the guys that I think you were counting on to do more who have underproduced this year. And, yeah. and I think that's ultimately what this comes down to. I mean, And then in that big old pot, they all get thrown into together situationally being the worst in baseball. Right. But your frustration when I hear you talk and complain is about the Wongs, the Pollocks, the and I'm not it's not like I love what those guys have done. Obviously, I'm frustrated there, too. I just don't think getting marginally better in those spots is going to help you as much as it would for the guys that you expect to be your core to reach their potential. And I, I don't know that I fully see the argument that if, you know, Mark Hanna is an upgrade over you know, A.J. Pollock, mm-hmm. that Julio Rodriguez, Eugenio Suarez, Does it take Ty any France, pressure off of them? I, I, mean, I mean, that would have to be t- that would have to be the argument. 
But again, how many times have they had the opportunity to change that narrative? How many times have they been up in those innings being the ones that, hey, man, actually the bottom of the lineup got on base. They, I know. They actually gave you a little – oh, actually Sunday against the Blue Jays, Dylan Moore gets hit by a pitch and Colton Wong draws a walk, and that's 8-9 in your lineup and guys that have on paper significantly struggled. I'm glad we've talked through this over the course of the day because I, I find – like I've been trying to figure out what it is we're actually arguing about, right? Because I, I can tell we're in an argument. But I also think we agree on quite a bit. And so it's like, what are we arguing about? What do we agree on? It it is a very convoluted and confusing trade deadline for the Mariners because of where they're at, the differences between perception and reality, some of the question marks they have versus some of the things that I think they've bet on. And so much more convoluted than even in years past. Yes. Because this is supposed to be a team that's a World Series contender. That's what I said. The the difference between the expectations and the reality has been stark. A year ago, you would have looked at this team and said, 500? Bye. You're Mm -hmm. you're, you're just a few games out of this and that. Like, go. And it, it would have felt good. It wouldn't have felt great. I mean, this team's still frustrating to watch. But it wouldn't have felt nearly as maddening as it is this year. This year, you're watching them and going, I I can't freaking believe that this team, which was supposed to be where it was supposed to be, is here. Yeah, I know it's not just me, and and, and certainly some of my circle of friends are just as irrational and emotional as I am, but it's even others. It's even family members that are like, gosh, I can't remember. And Larry Stone wrote about this like a month ago, right? Yes, like this has got to be as maddening a season as a Mariner fan in so long. And the expectation level is a huge part mm-hmm. of it. Because there they're not n- as bad as many other Mariner teams have been. No. 500 is not, you know, 350. They're a 500 mm-hmm. team. They're 50. What are they, 50 and 50? 50 and 50. They're 50 and 50. That is very different from, you know, 40 yep. and 60. Correct. Uh, <laughs> Correct. And, and that's what it it feels like we're having a conversation at times about a team that is 40 and 60. They're not. And you have components of this team this year in those 100 games that are 60 and 40 good. You you have components in George Kirby and Logan Gilbert and Luis Castillo and Bryce Miller and pieces of your bullpen that have been 60 mm-hmm. 40 good. If you were just a little bit league average or above league average offensively in a bunch of these different metrics, you would be, well, maybe not 60 and 40 in the American League because the American League is better, but you would be right there. I mean, the, the pitching staff has been good enough to be right there. And, but, and, but whereas you point, and, and you're not the only one, there's a huge group that say this team is bad because of the 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 pieces around the edge. I got a texter, 206, Salk, why can't you believe this team is frustrating to watch? Did you really think Colton Wong and Pollock were good signings and trades? I thought Colton Wong was a good trade. Based on his history the last few years, mm-hmm. yeah. He hasn't lived up anywhere close to it. Mm-hmm. But yes, I did think it was a good trade. Pollock? Yeah, not so much. I wasn't exactly wild about that one. I thought there were other things they could have done. But did I expect Colton Wong to come out and be one of the worst hitters in baseball? No, there's nothing in his history to suggest that. Yep. I just don't think that that has been as big of a problem as, as Suarez, Suarez, France, Julio, Julio and, France, and Tay Oscar. And Teo. I mean, that group to me has been so maddening. Like, that's the nucleus of this team. Well, so, Brock, played, let me come back yeah. to your question. What do you do to wake up Julio Rodriguez to to send a message that the not that he's not succeeding baseball you can't focus just on the result but the process. Yep. Scott has now a couple of times in the media come out and said first you've got to be willing to listen. 
Mm-hmm. You've got to be willing to hear what people are telling you. Mm-hmm. Then he told us that you've got to go up to the plate with a good plan in the final, you know, at bat of a game with the game on the line. He's made it pretty clear through the media mm-hmm. that Julio has not done all of the things he wants him to do in that spot. I don't know what comes next. I mean, you're not going to bench him. You could nope. sit him for a day. I mean, I, I guess there's something to that. You're not going to embarrass him by pinch hitting him. Then you lose him forever. But you've got to find a way to to get that message across to him without embarrassing him, without losing him, mm-hmm. but while still holding him accountable, not for the result, but for the process. How do you do it? I don't Come know. on, Text Toy. How do you do it? Come on out there. 866-979-3776. How do you do it? Text it in. What would, what would, you, what would you do? Because uh, from from all accounts, they've tried everything privately. They have certainly talked about this ad nauseum. Listen to the skipper yesterday, post game, talking about once again a, a situation. And, and why are you four and nine in extra inning games? Because situationally hitting, you are not pressurizing and doing the things that you just had done really well the last couple of years. Here's Scott after the game. Hold on, I wasn't ready for that. Oh, sorry. I, did, I didn't know I was actually going to play it again since I yeah. played it like nine times today. That's okay. You know, Lopez is out there. We saw him at our place. Yeah, Lopez uh, is a slappy. You know, we he's had ups and downs this year. He's got a good sinker, but you know, our situational hitting again. You know, try to get that first guy over to third, but you know, in that situation, that's the middle of our lineup. You know, those guys are the guys that we lean on to come through. And you know, Lopez made pitches. And I get what he's saying there. By the yeah. way, I know it's frustrating that. But what are you? Gonna, you're going to bunt Julio? Nope. You're going to ask Julio to just hit behind the runner? Like if Julio hits a home run, you're up two nothing. He's 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 yep. got to just do his thing yep. in that spot. I, I come back to what Scott said the day before. I think this was much more telling about Julio in these late game situations. I think at, at times it's not just Julio, but a lot of young players. You know, you you want to be the guy. You want to you know he wants so much uh, for our team to move forward, and you know he's grinding, he's trying, and sometimes you know you try a little too hard uh, in those spots. I thought, you know, what Teo did the other night. You know, he went up to the, the bat, and again, Teo's like a uh, many more years, many more at bats than some of our younger guys, but very definite, clear plan. He's going to take it the other way and and go from there. And you know, our players will learn that. The younger guys, you know, the more experience they get, that's part of maturing. Um, you know, in this league, because they are going to pitch you a certain way. Uh, but you know, just wasn't able to get it done today. That's the thing Scott has done now mm-hmm. a few times is sort of mm-hmm. point out the opposite with Julio. Yep. Does that make sense? Yep. And and I know there'll probably be people who hear this and say, "Oh, Brock and Salk are killing Julio today." I don't think so at all. It's just a matter of under, right. it's understanding that he's got otherworldly talent. How do you unlock it in the biggest mm-hmm. moments? Because mm-hmm. right now it's not happening. That's right. And, I'm not and, sure if people are saying that. Sorry to interrupt, Brock. We've got people mm-hmm. wanting him benched and traded on the text line. Oh, oh, oh. So they might not be so mad at you for saying yeah. this. Well, okay, I'm mad at them. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yes. But it, but it speaks to some of that emotion. And when you watch this over and over and over again, it's a quarterback and a young quarterback that's trying to force the issue. Oh, and he's trying too hard and he's thrown in the coverage and he's trying to make a play. Then don't. And eventually you have got to learn. Eventually young starts to disappear with snap after snap, game after game, at bat after bat, year after year. You have to make that adjustment. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I think that's been some of the maddening aspect of it. A little bit for me watching Teo Salk is it's it's very clear his swing discipline is atrocious i mean his numbers are yep. his strikeout to to walk numbers i've i've, I've stopped texting so, you that. so so what so so he knows that but he just but but I he's mean, like willing he understands that but the he's case. willing to live without well i'm gonna hit 30 home runs i'm gonna i'm gonna and, and mike bowers would used to say this i don't this. think so i don't oh, think I that's think so. the case i think so 
I think you pick and choose. As hard as it is to hit in the, in the monsters that you've got to face, you've got to be willing to trade. You've got to be willing to make a trade-off and live with this. I remember Blowers talking to, about Kyle Seeger with this late in Kyle's career. <clears throat> Excuse me, because if you try to be all things and do all things instead of you know focusing I, I, yeah, on your major. I, know, man. I, I think Julio Rodriguez is at a point in his career where that's not the case yet. Oh, and if, it, I'm not, no, 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 no. I'm not, you misheard me. I talked about, about Teo. I'm not talking oh, about Julio. Sorry, I thought you were talking, talking about Julio. Oh, no, 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 no. Teo's oh, at a point oh. where he's just like, yeah, I, I'll strike out oh, six sure. times to one walk because I'm going to hit 30 home runs. But Julio's not like that. He like, can't be like so, that. So how do you get to Julio? Like, he knows his swing decisions are bad. He, he can see the same numbers you're seeing. Yep. But... You know he's having trouble right now because they're they're blasting him inside with the with the fastballs high and yep. in, and he's not getting to it. And you heard Dave Sims, oh maybe he should back off the plate. Okay, but guess what? He's having an even bigger problem with the sliders away. And yep. if he gets even farther away from those, that's going to be even harder. Correct. Games a hard. It's a hard sport, hard man. Game, Hitting a baseball man. is really really challenging. And something tells me Julio and will eventually, he, eventually get it figured out. And he made it look so easy. He last really did. Year. That 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 is why this is so maddening. Because because he came in and made it look, you know, in, in a way that, well, only Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. But then when you put those two guys' numbers up, and I'm sure you've seen those tweets, and, and, and you compare those two, Julio's right there. Right there with the kid, if not ahead of him, in some of those categories. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. Wow. Texter 206. You know how you fix Julio? Trade him for Otani. Simple. That's Javier and Renton, who also says Julio is just a glorified Javier Baez. There is a little similarity in there, by the way. That's not the worst comp I've ever heard. The thing is, how much more glorified can he be? And oh, by the way, Javier Baez won a World Series. So we'll see what happens. It's an interesting comp, though, with all the free swinging that we've seen from Mm -hmm. Julio this year. There is a little bit of Javier Baez to it, that's for sure. All right. Throwback uniforms, Brock. We were talking about them earlier today. The Titans have revealed that they're going to wear Houston Oilers throwbacks, which I think is just an absolutely offensive. It's offensive. That's the right word. Why aren't the Texans allowed to do that? That's absurd. You like the, the Oklahoma City Thunder wearing Sonics here. Which is dumb also. Like, the Texans should buy back those rights. Well, you know, Mike Lefko is a Titans fan. He was saying that the Texans don't want anything to do with that because people already like the Oilers more there, so they don't want to draw the more attention The Texans should stop being the Texans. <laughs> they should buy back the Oilers stuff mm. and be the Oilers. Mm-hmm. This is not hard. Mm. Anyway, with that in mind, Brock, your top yeah. throwback uniforms that will be worn this year. Yeah. I made yeah. my five just because I wasn't sure if you were actually going to Oh, good. You made your five as yeah. well? Okay. Do you have some honorable mentions? Uh, yes. No honorable mentions? Yeah, I do. Chicago's an honorable mention. I like when the when the Bears go throwback. Ah. The Jets look a little bit better with their throwbacks. Aaron yeah, Rodgers looks skinny in that throwback, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. The sack exchange, yeah. Yes, exactly. Going back to the New York sack exchange. Um, who else is on my uh, honorable mention list? Do they do this in basketball, well, the, by the way? Have they, have they done this in the NBA or the NHL? Have they, have they gotten into this mode like baseball and, and the NFL have done? I, I can't in the seem NHL? to remember. Yeah. They do all kinds of different jerseys. Yeah, the they're closer yeah. to the NBA where it's like you never know what a team is going to wear sometimes. Okay. okay. Yeah. 
Uh, well, I'm going to put the Oilers on my honorable mention. Oh, wow. I got them just outside my top five. Yeah, the last honorable mention I would have is the Dolphins. I love oh, the old school Dolphins. Loss. I love those. Yes. And they're going to, but they're going all the way back to the 70s. They're going back to their undefeated season. Yep. I like more 80s Dolphins, so it's not my favorite Dolphin uniform, but it's pretty close. That would be, uh, that would be number, number just outside. Number six okay. Well, number five for me is the New England Patriots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. Patriot Pat. I love Patriot Pat. I love the stripes. Pat Patriot. I love Isikahema punching the goalpost. I love not who he did not play for the Patriots. He, uh, Sikahema did not play for the Patriots ever. Are you sure about that? You're thinking of Mosi Tatupu. <sighs> thinking of the great. Isikahema played for the Eagles and the Niners. I'm thinking of the great Mosi Tatupu. You are thinking of the great Mosi Tatupu. Yes, uh, I love that. I love uh, what is it? Pat Patriot. Patriot. Pat, Pat? Patriot. Pat yeah, Patriot. I love. Sign me up for that. That's number five on my list. Number five for you. Uh, number five for me is the Giants. Uh, they're doing 80s and oh, into 1990s. Yeah. The big but, block letters. But they still have the red, which I don't like as much. I like it when it's just mostly blue and white, but mm. I like the dark blue. I think the Giants' whites and reds now are hideous. Mm. I don't understand why they wear them. I think I, like, I think they should just end that entire experiment okay. and go back to wearing the dark navy blues of the early 90s mm. and late 80s. Okay. Good call. Number four for me, I'm going to go baseball. I'm going to go baseball. I'm going to go baseball. I'm going to go baseball throwback. <laughs> I guess I'm going to mix it up. We're just doing an NFL <laughs> list. Nope. Uh-uh, not what, what I heard. What are you talking about? I heard throwback jerseys. <laughs> I heard bailing Justin out because he didn't have enough ranked songs ready to go for <laughs> wow. today. That's Whoa. what I heard. So I'm going to go the St. Louis Cardinals baby mm, So good. Those are awesome. Titus plays a team that's a club team out here. They're the Cardinals. And on Sundays when we face them, they wear the baby blues with a little bat across. And it's just like that. Who's got the best baby blues? Is it the Cardinals? You got Cardinals, Phillies, Royals, Royals uh, Brewers, Mariners. You know what else they had? They had like the big Blue Jays, the big waistband too. Yeah, the stripe. Like I it, think the Cardinals are the best. Did you one. say the yeah. Twins, baby blues? Twins, yeah. sure. I thought the uh, I like the Twins uniforms yesterday. Yeah, those City Connects are pretty sweet. By the way, Twin City. Yeah, I like that. Number so that's number four. For number me. four for me is Detroit. They wear them a lot, but the Detroit throwbacks are great. All yeah. the Detroit uniforms are great, whether they go throwback or like whatever it is, they're always great. That's number four for me. Uh, number three for me. Let me get my readers out oh, here. Geez. I wrote it kind of small. Oh, yeah. <laughs> number three for me, the Seahawks. Whoa. Yeah. Three. Yeah. Yeah. Number I thought three. that would be higher. Uh, my number one, you're gonna you're gonna totally agree with. So, uh, number three is the Seahawks. Huh. Partly maybe because I wore it. It's not quite. As special to me as it is for those that have longed for it forever. Yeah. So maybe familiarity tones wow. it down just a little bit, but they're awesome. I mean, they're still awesome. They're still number. They're head of the St. Louis Cardinals, baby blue. You want me to shock you? Sure. I have them at number three also. Woo. Yeah. I have them also at number three. I mean, I like them. But I just like the other two better. Well, you got to see the silver. Once you see the silver That's with the true. pants, yeah, you got to see it the looks whole good. Deal. I've always liked the Seahawks old school uniforms. Yep, but I guess good. I like the new ones so much that it's a little harder for me. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, number two for me, as we round down this uh, normal ranking, number two for me are the creamsicles. Oh, I can't. I can't Damn. wait. I don't understand why you guys. Like That's your number two. Huh? I yeah, I don't. I, being a colorblind guy, it's it's easy to see those colors. Who do you think of first when you think of the creamsicles? Hardy Nickerson. Yeah. 
Hardy Nickerson, Vinny Testaverde, and Eric Rett. Leroy Selman. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Who's Leroy yes. Selman? Oh, he was a dominant D lineman back in the day. I've never heard of him. Yeah. And you remember the old coach McKay was asked about the, the team's execution? Yeah. And you remember his answer? Yes, to I'm that? in favor of executing them. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> <laughs> Number so. two on my list are uh, the Houston Oilers jerseys that the Titans are going to wear. Wow. I think it's ridiculous they're wearing them in Tennessee, but I love, wow. love those uniforms. I always kind of rooted for the Oilers back then as like an extra team. It's not like they were my favorite team, but yep. I kind of liked a lot of the play. Like, I kind of went through all of them earlier. They run and shoot, and they were just fun. They were a fun team. They so were I, fun. Yeah. Clay Matthews, right? Or mm-hmm. Bruce Matthews. Bruce Matthews. Bruce. Clay was up in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. Bruce Matthews. Okay, my number one and number ones, and it's pretty simple when it comes to throwback uniform. There's nothing better. They should move to them permanently, begin it next year, become the Seattle Steelheads. Let's go. Oh, well, again, yes, obviously. If we're including baseball, that's the easiest answer. I thought we were just doing the NFL right. since, you know, that's what we said we were doing. I think doing. ranking, you're able to do whatever you want to do. I think my you prove that every mark? day. Yeah. Tampa Bay Creamsicles. Wow. Ah, That's my number one. I love the Creamsicles. normal rank, do we still manage to throw Mora out of it? Wow. (laughs) Mora, you wore a Creamsicle dress to your thing the other night. It was not that color. And also, I have a hot pink dress, too. Do you want an NFL team with hot pink dresses? I like when they do the uh, pink stuff all over. I like when they do the pink gloves and all of that. It looks great. Accents. Not a full-on hot pink. awareness. There's some pink in the Padres. City Connects, too. Yeah, that looks good. Not full-on. I don't mind pink. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a new you man. You like the old Broncos, don't you, Maura? You're embarrassed. No. Oh, oh, Honestly, those are gross. No. Well, the, no, no every love. Bronco uniform forever is For the gross. 90s Bills? I thought those were great. Those, those were clean. strong. Mar- but those only if strong. it comes with Mark Kelso and his the double helmet. The best Broncos is the navy and orange, not the whatever blue they usually use. All right, we got to get out of here. Uh, Bump and Stacy are coming up next. We'll be in tomorrow morning You're welcome, Justin. You're welcome. Rock. Yeah, you're welcome. Steelheader. Our number one. You're right about that, Brian. That's a good call. That's a good call right there. We'll catch you guys tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Until then, the hay is in the barn. Bar. See you, everybody. This is a chopper!